Someone once said that the Psalms are the soul's medicine chest. That's not a bad description. If my soul is sick, I like to turn to the Psalms. When life takes a turn, there's usually some words in the, in the Psalms that speak to what my heart and soul are feeling. I find that the, the Psalms address my fears, raise my hopes, and point me toward God. And today's psalm is no different. Today we're going to read Psalm 84. And Psalm 84 is a, a psalm that, that speaks to us of a journey toward hope. It's a prayer whose words express a longing for the house of the Lord, for being in God's presence. The psalm speaks of our life as Christ followers with the image of a journey or pilgrimage. For the psalm writer, this is more than an image. He speaks of a, a real pilgrimage that the people made to Jerusalem, to go to the temple where they believed they'd be in God's presence. Listen to Psalm 84 as it speaks of our pilgrimage toward the sweet nearness of God as known from past experience. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrows found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I think we're in the middle of a Dorothy and Oz moment. You likely know the story. Dorothy and her dog Toto were in a house in Kansas that gets caught up in a swirling tornado. They get swept away to the land of Oz. At one point in the story, as Dorothy marvels at all the differences around her, she says, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. That's our present experience. Life seems different. We're stuck at home, but it feels like we're a long way away from home. And Psalm 84 speaks to a people who feel far from home. It's a prayer for people who feel far from God and want to get back to where God dwells. Psalm 84 is a prayer for pilgrims. 
Psalm 84 begins by capturing a longing for God's temple, a longing to be in God's presence. Just look at the words the psalm writer uses to describe his desire. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. He knew the loveliness of God's temple, of being in God's presence. He loved that the experience of being in Jerusalem with the pilgrims worshiping God at his temple. That's why he's consumed with the desire to get back to where God is. In fact, he so much wants to get there, he's jealous of the birds that have found a home or found a place, a nest there. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. He longs to be as close to God as these birds are. He envisions the temple, God's place of presence, as a place of intimacy and safety. Even the names the psalm writer uses to address God point toward this intimacy. Lord Almighty, my King, my God. This isn't just any old ruler. He's my King. This Lord isn't just any old God. He's my God. The great King over the whole world isn't some higher power that rules with impunity. The great God who created the whole earth and everything in it isn't some abstract prime mover God. He's Lord Almighty, my King, my God. This isn't a longing for a place that's beautiful architecturally. The psalm writer longs for God. He wants to be with God, with the God who knows him personally. It's not the place that matters. It's the person in the place that matters most. I wonder if we can make our relationship with God too much about a place. I mean, let's do a soul check. Do you have a relationship with God apart from a church building and those who have gathered in worship? Is your longing in life to be with God? Psalm 42, which is similar to Psalm 84, says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? These psalms speak of a deep longing for God. Meeting in a church building on Orange Avenue is not the same thing as meeting with God. Psalm 84 holds up a mirror for us. Do we crave being with God? Do we want to fellowship and worship with the living God? Or have we found our desires satisfied by other things? Have we settled for Sunday morning worship gathered in a building and missed out on meeting with God? C.S. Lewis once expressed this in a sermon called The Weight of Glory. He noted that God makes incredible promises of grace to us. But too often, we find our satisfaction in other things. Lewis writes, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what's meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We're far too easily pleased. Perhaps these weeks of worshiping without being present to each other 
will help us stop and consider what matters most. Oh, yes, when we gather for worship, God is present to us. But do we have the sense of longing, of desire, that when we gather, our very personal and intimate God, my King, my God, is present to us? When we worship, are we more interested in singing the songs that we want? Are we only looking for sermons that entertain us? Or are we really interested in meeting with God? Psalm 84 begins by recognizing the deep desire the psalm writer had to be with God. No wonder he can profess, blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Those who worship God don't come for a building. The true soul wants God. True pilgrims are on a journey to be with God. No matter where they are, they are ever praising the Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Getting there is no easy task. Life will bring its challenges. The pilgrim on the journey of Christ following is a long and often difficult journey. We grow tired. We get weary. We find that we can be worn out trying to focus on God's presence in our lives. God longs to move us in his direction. The problem is our GPS is all messed up. We too easily let other things guide us. God needs to reorient our GPS toward him. There's a line in the song that goes like this. Lord, my heart can grow so far away and cold. And it's true. Our hearts can be taken up with the concerns of life. God comes and says, want to play? And we say, oh, sorry, God, maybe I'll catch you later. Right now, I'm so busy. Or, I'm worried. You name it. We'll figure we'll get together with God later. And later never comes. I know this challenge. My desire is to set aside time each morning to read, to pray, and to journal with God. But I can be easily distracted. I leave God sitting there while I idle away my time on an email, or chasing after Facebook, or distracted by a, a hundred other things. Even the sparrows have a home with God, and I'm homeless doing my own thing. Look what Psalm 84 says. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Life toward God is a journey from strength to strength. We cannot move to God's strength without passing through the two. The two is that place between strengths. Psalm 84 says it's a journey through the valley of Baca. You can't get to God's temple in Jerusalem without passing through the valley of Baca. It's a valley of weeping a valley of thorns. It's an arid place, a place that challenges the soul. The valley of Baca is where strength gets taxed. On our journey from strength to strength, the 
two is the Valley of Bacah. It's the place, the time we spend in between times when we feel strong. The two is that season of stress or pain or challenge that we endure. It's that place where our spiritual muscles, our soul strength is put to the test so that we will grow stronger in the Lord. I suspect that some of us are there in the two right now. Some of us are walking through the Valley of Bacah right now. Some of us are concerned about what this virus might do to our health or the health of those we love. Some of us are perturbed about this virus and what it's doing to our employment, to our freedoms. Some of us are worried that this virus and our response to it may ruin our economy or our livelihood. Some of us hate being locked in, being told to avoid our friends, becoming prisoners in our own homes. Living in the two, living in that in-between is difficult for the best of us. We don't want to be there. We don't want to be here in our present circumstances. We want God to make a change right now. We want our prayers answered immediately. But life doesn't happen that way. We go from strength to strength. That phrase slips off our lips quite quickly. It doesn't happen that fast. When we walk through the Valley of Bacah, that place of weeping or thorns, we experience life slowed down to its essentials. When we're walking through this valley, we live more like this. We live from strength to We can't accelerate our time in the two. In the two, everything usually slows down. Just ask someone who's dealing with the death of a loved one. Ask a person who's enduring the severe illness of someone close. Talk to anyone with their experience of this new normal we're in. I've yet to meet someone who says, I'm so glad we're in this coronavirus pandemic. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Our time in the two is a time when we don't move along in our journey. We feel stuck. This past week, someone mentioned to me, these days feel a bit like that movie Groundhog Day. The same thing happening over and over. When we're in the two, we realize just how weak we really are. We realize just how challenging the life of Christ following can be. And that's when God has us, right where he wants us. When we're in the two, our lives can become super attuned to what God wants for us. When we're in the two, we might just discover that our real strength for life is in the Lord Almighty, my King, my God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. God wants us strong in him. But our strength in God doesn't come naturally. We don't naturally have faith. Our faith is grown because we go through times of doubt or challenge. We don't naturally have patience. Our patience is grown as we go through times of stress and uncertainty. I think the author of Hebrews has it right. God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
God disciplines us for our own good. God uses the hard stuff of life to shape us for his purposes. We spend time in the two, far away from God, and it takes a bit of work to get us back. If we're living in the two, God has us right where he wants us because he's getting us ready for strength. Jesus once remarked that we need to be new wineskins to receive new wine. Old wineskins grow hard and brittle with age. We know that. The older we get, the more stuck in our ways we get. Old wineskins will break upon the stress of the new wine's fermentation process. Old wineskins need to be made fresh again. And here's how they do that. Soak them in water and then carefully examine the surface for hard spots. And if you find one, you take the skin to a rock and you beat on that hard part until it's soft again. Anything hard, anything stuck in its ways, is pounded until it's soft enough to receive the new wine of God. God doesn't hesitate to take us to a place where we need the hard spots beaten out of us. The thing is, God's sneaky about it. Because none of us in our right minds would pray, Oh God, break me, mess me up, put so much pressure on me that I cannot stay the same. Challenge me so that I am changed to be what you want. I remember the Bugs Bunny cartoon with Pete Puma. Pete was an adversary of Bugs, and one day he finds Bugs at a tea party. Bugs invites Pete to have tea with him. Okay, says Pete. Bugs asks him if he wants sugar with his tea. But Pete says that he would. Bugs asks, how many lumps you want? Pete says, three or four. And out from under the table, Bugs pulls a club. Wham, 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 right on Pete's noggin. Oh yeah, you said four. Wham, and four huge lumps bulge on Pete's head. Sneaky. God is kind of like bugs. Sneaky. God invites us into worship. We get caught up in it all. And we sing our prayer, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. We want that sweet freshness of God's Spirit to fall upon us. But do you remember how the song sings of the freshness of the Spirit coming upon us? Melt me. God, turn up the heat on my life. Mold me. God, pummel me with tough circumstances. Fill me. God, get rid of whatever in me and give me what you've got. And Use me. Not so that I get what I want, but so that God gets what God wants. God disciplines us for our own good. God gives us our lumps to make us strong for him. God gives us our lumps living in the two so that we will grow stronger in him. God uses our time in the two to bring us into his strength. God doesn't cause pain, but God uses pain or suffering or challenge to bring us strength. And it's worth it. 
Psalm 84 says that living in the two of strength to strength gets us closer to God's presence. In God's presence, we'll discover that a single day is better than a thousand days anywhere else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Then God will have us right where he wants us. Well, friends, I'm thinking that right now is a valley of Baca moment. God may have us right where he wants us. Right now, God may be inviting us to discover that better is one day with him than a thousand elsewhere. I mean, those temple courts are long gone. The brick and mortar have been destroyed. But God's created another temple, a temple made by his spirit. We are the people in whom God wants to dwell with his spirit. Just one thing, to become strong in his spirit, we may have to spend some days in the tomb. Are you ready? Are you ready to be disciplined by the Lord Almighty, our King, and our God, for our own good? Can you say in your right mind, I'm ready for a few more lumps? Can you say, God, melt me, mold me, fill me, use me? Sure you can. Because our God is a good God. Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, would you use this time of challenge that we're experiencing, this difficult time that we're going through as a nation, as a church, as individuals, will you use this time to shape us for your purposes? Will you use this time so that we can become better followers of your son, Jesus Christ, who entered into the two of suffering for us so that we could have his strength? We pray this all in the name of our Savior, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.